thank you for this word that you've given Byron this morning. We thank you for the anointing that you put upon him to deliver the word. And we just pray right now, Lord, that you would just help him relax and just flow in what you want to say, God. And we just pray that your spirit would do what you do best. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, amen. That's pretty good. Uh, well, I found out this morning earlier that this message took me five years to develop. Seriously. Uh, five years ago, we went to Africa. Some people in the church did. Matthew did. Oritz, they went. Jim Hill and Amber Brown and I think Allison Crowley went. But on the way over there to Africa, the Lord gave me two scriptures. And uh, then I got to Africa and I was faced with the um, outworking of those scriptures. And to be honest with you, I was very offended about the outworking of these scriptures. Uh, it offended me uh, so bad that it's taken me five years to get back to it. Not really. But I do want to share this with you and I hope you can hear the Lord speaking to you this morning. The first scripture is Luke 5, verse 4 through 7. And it says, uh, when he, and these are the two scriptures I'm going to give you right now what the Lord gave me on the way over there. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Never let, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Um, and then the other verse was Matthew 4, verse 4. Uh, but he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So um, what happens, I think, a lot of times in Christians' lives, all Christians' lives, is... Uh, we come to a place of frustration in our lives spiritually. And we come to a place where, you know, what has been working doesn't work for you. And we see this in the picture of the disciples were professional fishermen. They fished all night and it didn't work. And then uh, the Lord had been teaching and said, and he jumped in the boat and said, let's go fishing. And they said, Lord, we just can't, you know... It's not working, Lord. Has anybody ever felt like you just came to a place in your life? Uh, it could be in your, in your natural life. Uh, it doesn't have to just be spiritually, but in your natural life, spiritually, spiritual life, it's just not working. Marriage, it's just not working. And the Lord says, go ahead and let your nets down. And the Lord, what was frustrating and failure and disappointment to you in a moment, the Lord turned everything around. Uh, it's interesting that the word there, nevertheless, at your word, that word uh, in the Bible, uh, it means it's the rhema, word of God. Uh, many of you know about rhema. Uh, there's rhema and logos, basically the two things in the Bible. Um, logos being uh, expression of thought. That's what it literally means. Logos is, in, in other words, the Bible is the expression of God's thinking. You don't know how God thinks? Read the Bible. That's how He thinks. Sort of a big hint for you this morning. So if you wonder what God's thinking today, read the Bible, and you can get a lot of, there's lots of stuff in there that He's thinking about. 
Uh, rhema is the actual expression, that which is spoken. It's the word that's spoken, that's made alive. And that's really what Jesus was saying. Uh, man does not live by bread alone, but by the, every rhema that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, Jesus was saying, this is how, this is how you're going to live. If you're going to live, you've got to have rhema. You've got to have the express word to you on a personal level. Um, now, let's look at 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. And I want to go back and talk to Logos about Logos just for a second. Uh, this is what Paul was telling Timothy. He says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word, the Logos, of truth. In other words, the, the Bible is meant to be studied. It is meant to be taught. That's a, a picture of the Bible that is legitimate. However, that's not the whole picture of the Bible. Okay, it's not just meant to be studied and understood and, and taught by, by te- Bible teachers. There's more to it, and that let's look over it. Whereas Rama, let me just make this point about Rama. Rama is not something you understand, you figure out. Rama is something that's revealed to you. In other words, it's, it's more something you just catch. That's the way I kind of look at it. You catch it, and instead of it being taught, you just sort of, oh, I got something. You know, it's like the you know the famous light bulb thing that suddenly comes on. It begins in your spirit, and then later on you develop thinking around that thing that was in your spirit. You, you develop understanding. That's the difference. In other words, with the Logos, you can actually study it and, and have a mental understanding, which is totally legitimate, and it is totally really required for us as Christians really to rightly divide the Word, to study the Word, to understand the Word you know, with the mind of Christ that He's given us. So, uh, but there's more to the, to the Logos than just that. Let's look at Luke 7, 7. Uh, Therefore, I did not think... No, no, let me just... I'm jumping in the middle here. Let me, this is the story of the centurion. Remember, he was the guy, the centurion that had a servant that was sick and dying. And he asked the leadership there, the, the scribes or whoever, to tell Jesus, would you get Jesus to come and pray for my servant, heal my servant? And so uh, he, they did, but this is the, the man sent this word to Jesus. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. Okay? In other words, he was trying to explain. I, I didn't even think I was worthy to come and ask you, Lord. I mean, but say the word. Say not the rhema. Say the logos. And my servant will be healed. Say the logos. And Jesus, it goes on to say that Jesus marveled at this man and said, wow, this man's got more faith than anybody else that I've met in Israel. Uh, Peter and those guys had to have a rhema word just to go fishing. This man didn't require that. All he required, you just say the thought of God. You just say the Bible over my servant and he's going to be healed. And Jesus thought, man, that's, that's a great man of, of, of great faith. Well, um, when we went to Africa, the Lord gave me the Luke 5, 4 through 7 and Matthew 4, 4 on the way over there and got there and we immediately heard about a, a man. Uh, he was a Nigerian evangelist uh, who actually looks like Eddie Murphy. A little bit darker, but those huge white teeth. That's all I can remember. When I think of that, that's all I see is this big smile and all these teeth shining out at you. He was very... Uh, he dressed real, he wore you know, nice suits and white starched shirts and a tie. He was a very, you know, together kind of guy. Uh, but immediately we heard that uh, there had been a crusade and they actually brought a woman in in a wheelbarrow. 
and, and the, the guy there said, didn't even look like a, was that a person in this wheelbarrow? It was a grown woman. She had withered away from AIDS. And she left, left that crusade alive and healed 100% completely. So, you know, we was, wow, you know, this is exciting hearing about this, this person. Charles Indifone was his name. So excited. Uh, so we got to see him the next day. And I was totally offended by Charles Indifone. Uh, he uh, was very, in my opinion at the time, he was just an arrogant person. Uh, and he would, you know, just in his whole approach, he preached and what he said, uh, he kept using this term, it's easy. <laughs> it just drove me crazy when he said that. Uh, <laughs> but what Charles in the phone had going for him was that he had, because this is how he got people healed. He would open the Word of God and say, uh, the Word of God gives no place for blindness. Therefore, he required a person who was blind, he demanded, based on the written Word of God, that they would receive their sight. Uh, they would re and and the, you know what the strange thing was? They would receive their sight. So even though I was offended at his outward uh, style, you know, his results were phenomenal. And he had a revelation, he had a rhema about the written word. You can ask our friend Paula Oreck back there. I overheard a conversation between Paula and Charles in the food line there, and you know, not in the food line, grocery store, in the, we were eating supper. And Paula, and I can't remember exactly how it went, but this is basically what I heard. Paula was saying, my experience in healing, wait a minute, your experience doesn't count. What does the Word of God say? That was his response. Is that about right, right, Paula? That was his response to Paula. It's like, Paula, who cares what your experience is? What does the Bible say? I don't have a Bible in my hand. <laughs> what, what does the Bible say? That's really, and this man had a real revelation about what was written in here concerning healing. And he, his whole ministry for healing, which I feel like was a very spectacular ministry in the terms of results, worked better than anybody else that I've ever seen up, you know, to this date. So, um, his, uh, one of the questions that he asked was this. This is the question he asked. Was, have you found yourself in the Bible? That was his question. Have you found yourself in the Bible? And uh, the Lord reminded me recently through an experience. I just had the experience because I, I loved it, the experience. Last uh, Sunday, Amber Brown had a birthday party after birthday party lunch kind of thing. And so we, after we left church, we were going over to, to the Texas Steakhouse. We just found out about it. We didn't have a gift. Usually you like to bring gifts to birthday parties, right? I mean, you know, you, we don't have a gift, you know. Well, you know, it's too late because if we go buy a gift, they'll be gone by the time we get there. Cause, um, and so I was just asking the Lord, Lord, just give me something for Amber, something to say to Amber Brown. Uh, what a tremendous person Amber Brown really is. For those of you who don't know her, she is really an awesome girl. She's really grown up in this church. I really just really highly, highly value her. Um, but so we were in there, and I just felt like the Lord reminded me that Amber was in Africa with us. 
So I ask Amber, Amber, what is the one thing that you got from the Lord when you went to Africa? Tell me that one thing. And she thought, mm, you know, the high-pitched <laughs> Amber Brown. All things are possible. <laughs> that was her response. And uh, so I, at about that time she was saying that, uh, I remember that when I was... People who know me know I like to give people nicknames, okay? So I, they had asked me to give Amber a nickname in Africa, so I gave her a nickname. I couldn't tell you until last Sunday why I gave her the nickname, and the nickname was Chocolate Cake, okay? <laughs> Which she never liked, by the way. Every time I'd call her that, she would give me that, mm, not really. <laughs> but, as I, <laughs> but as I was saying that to her, they brought the birthday cake out, the chocolate cake. It's like, Amber, the Lord really is trying to remind you of whatever it is in your life right now, all things are possible. Well, I thought that was really wonderful for Amber. Later, the Lord asked me the same question. And the question was, what did you get? And I remembered these two verses, Luke 5, 4 through 7, Matthew 4, 4. And I realized how offended I was with Charles, Charles Indifone. And I realized the Lord was trying to speak to me five years ago this, and now I'm just sort of coming around to it. Uh, I'd like to read Jeremiah 1, uh, 4 through 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, now I want you to stop right there. The word of the Lord came to me. Okay? Have you found yourself in the Bible? Okay? Here's what has to happen for all of us. We have to, that has to happen to us. The Word of the Lord has to come to you and I on a very personal level. We've got to hear God speak to us. It's not good enough just to hear God speak to Matthew. That, <laughs> never mind. I told the Lord last week, why is Matthew, Lord, you, Matthew preached that message yesterday and I'm getting tested on it. Well, you said amen to it. So you've got to be careful when somebody preaches a message, you say amen. Yes, that's right, Matthew. We've got to minister to the sick. And the sick person's in your lap. <laughs> Next thing you know, I get this. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. You see, everybody wants to know what their calling is. Everybody wants to know what their purpose is. See, it all begins, though, with God speaking to you personally, you personally. All right, let's look at uh, Galatians 1, 15 through 16. This is a great verse. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through His grace, it's all grace, okay? This is it right here, this word, to reveal His Son in me to reveal his son in me you see that's the that's the thing that Charles in the phone had it's like Matthew reminded me this is what he another thing he said I forgot he said it he said you're the best Jesus people are ever going to see you are you're the best Jesus people are ever going to see and see what he did what he did is he went into the Bible and he found 
Jesus healing people. And somehow or another, there was a connection in his heart with what he saw in the Bible. He found himself not in Moses' being a stutterer, but he found himself in Jesus being a healer. And see, I think a lot of times uh, we find comfort in people in the Bible. We find comfort that Paul was such a rascal before he got saved because we were such rascals before we got saved. And I think that's a good thing to do, okay? It'll speak to our hearts. But really what the Lord really wants us to do is He wants us to find ourselves in Christ. He wants us to, to, to see that what Jesus was doing, what Jesus was doing in here, is really what Jesus wants to do right now in our lives through us that he, he goes on Paul goes on and says uh, that he wanted to reveal his son in me okay that God wants to reveal Jesus in your life and Paul went over that I might and you can just take uh, and fill in the blank you don't even have to read the you know that I might preach well that was Paul's that I might preach to the Gentiles take, the, take that out God will give you liberty this morning He'll give you liberty with His Word. You, let's put an underline under that, that I might. Whatever it is. Whatever you can find Jesus doing that really you feel like there's a connection with in your life, you can say, God revealed His Son in me that I might. Are you all following me this morning? You see, here was the thing um, that I felt like happened to me is I was so offended by this man's style okay that he had a style that wasn't quote my spiritual background style you know that I miss the, seeing the Lord in this person and seeing the Lord do you know what only the Lord can do heal a person with AIDS instantly he'll open a blind eyes open a deaf, deaf boy heard a pop in his ear couldn't hear heard his ears pop that's what he heard he prayed for him. He snapped his fan. His ears popped and he could hear. Born death. Just one thing right after the other. And my, because I was so offended by the package that the gospel was being presented in, didn't fit my program, that I missed the Lord at that moment. But you know how the Lord is. He, he's a loving God. He's a merciful God that he allows us to come back to what he's really trying to reveal to us. And see, what God really wants to do, this is, uh, let me just tell you this other little story that'll, that'll help you. You know, along the five-year journey that I've been on since this day, uh, several months ago I heard a message by a guy who, uh, who is a really tremendous Bible teacher. Uh, he's got a real anointing for teaching, but he's also got this anointing for telling jokes. So he tells jokes while he teaches, and it's real funny, and, but he always, he's doing that to sort of disarm people to, so he can really get them. And in other words, he's the old famous, he gets you laughing, he lets your guard down and he sticks the dagger in your stomach. You know, <laughs> that's what he does. And so he's real affected, but he has a tremendous prophetic anointing on him. And I've seen that man several years ago minister to some Vietnam vets uh, that were just so messed up, in, and they were like these Vietnam vets that you look at, long hair, skinny, they got this death look in their face, uh, just never got over Vietnam. And I saw these people instantly change 
right in front of me. I saw their life completely get turned around. I saw them get healed. I saw them get delivered. I saw their countenance completely change. Uh, two in particular that were he was he was ministering to, and then there was a bunch of others there that God actually ministered to in that meeting. So he has this tremendous gift, but he started, in this particular message I was listening to, he started talking about his gift had gotten in the way of what God wanted to do in his life. I thought, well, that's interesting. I've never thought about that. That's interesting. <laughs> and I was thinking, wow, you know, that's cool, because he said, I've been preaching since I was eight years old. I know church stuff. I know how to go in here and do this stuff. I can do this. And um, recently the Lord began to speak to me about what I wanted to accomplish. And you know what he said to me? He said, the way you've always done it is in the, it's getting in the way. Because this is the truth. Uh, if you have a gift from God, you know, like I do really have, I, do, I know this about myself, and I'm not trying to brag on him, but this is the truth about me. I have a, a teaching gift. And, I know, and this is the way I know it. I can get in the Lord and be in the anointing and I can open the Bible and I can take any verse and I can do a teaching from it. I mean, I can just sit down and be reading and I can start listing things like, wow, this is cool. Wow, wow, you know. And it's not my natural mind because it, it doesn't happen all the time. But it happens when I'm, you know, when I'm studying the Bible and, and, the, and the Lord's got this anointing on me to do it. But you know what? The Lord told me that's in the way of what I want to do in your life right now, Byron. That's in the way. that's in the way. Now that's sort of a mind-blowing thought when you think about it. A gift from God is in the way. Well, here's what it is. Like I, I was sharing with Matthew, I told Matthew this week, Matthew, you're going to have to hold me accountable because I learned how to preach a good message in 40 minutes. But I don't know how to preach a good message in 30 minutes. I just don't know how to do it. And I feel like God told me a couple months ago you need to learn how to preach a good message in 30 minutes. I bet Jesus could preach a good message in 20 minutes. <laughs> are y'all are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? Your gift can get in the way of what God wants to do. That's why Jesus says, man does not live on bread alone and not he lives by every word that proceeded. Right? No. No, not right. I got you. I tricked you. I knew you'd fall for that old trick. That's okay. Proceeds. Proceeds. Not what God said yesterday to you. Not what God showed you 20 years ago. This is the way I want things to work. He's saying, today if you'll hear my voice. I've got something new. I've got a new way of doing things in your life now, Byron. And if you can hear it, it doesn't mean you toss your gift in the trash can. You adjust your gift to how the Holy Spirit wants your gift that He gave you and He doesn't want to take back from you and never will to use now. Or what God wants to do in your life now. That's Christ being revealed in a person. That's Christ being the Lord of, your, of you on the inside. And see, so many times we as human beings, we want the way it was, the way God did it, work great then. It's hard for me to think any other way. I'm having to almost like be deprogrammed myself. Lord, you're going to have to help me with this. That's why I told Matthew, you've got to hold me accountable. Hold me accountable. Because I can't hold myself accountable very well right now because I always go back to what I'm comfortable with, what I know works. 
But it's God saying, there's something else I want to do. Can you hear what I'm saying to you this morning? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And you know, one of the things that we're going to have to face, and this is the truth, is the offense of something like that. Because I promise you, Peter and those guys, professional fishermen, fished all night. And these guys did it for a living, so they weren't like novice fishermen. And here's this preacher who never fished. In fact, they knew he was probably like, this guy's a carpenter and he's telling me how to fish. You know? That they had to get over the offense of somebody who was not an expert fisherman and say, no, go ahead, let's do it. And see, in, in that one word that Christ gave that those men that they were willing to submit to, nevertheless, at your word. Well, Lord, you know we did all this. This is not going to work. What's wrong with you? We know what we're doing. What's wrong with you, Lord? I know how to preach a good message in 40 minutes, and you want me to do it in 30? Why would you want to do something that works? I'm having to break something to fix it. God wants to break some things in our lives, to fix some things in our lives. And, and that's what He did with those boys that day. And it says their boats were overflowed. They went from nothing to everything with one word. One word. You know, we could go from, we could go from desolation to abundance. And you know, here's the crazy thing about the old Charles Indophone. The person I despise the most deep down in my heart, this is really the truth, deep down in my heart, when I've looked at all the people that I've seen do ministry, I said, that's how what I want to do. I want to do it like he does it. And you know why I want to do it like this? Because this is what happens to people. Those people knew that God loved them. They experienced God's love when He ministered to them. Because God touched them. God let them know that He was concerned about their lives. And I thought about it. What do I want to do with my life, Lord? I mean, I think we need to think about what do we want to do right there? We want to just operate our gift the way it's always operated? Or we want to operate our business? We want to operate our marriage? How, apply it however it applies. The way it's always worked? Or would we rather have, for me, a ministry where when you finish, people knew, God loves me. God cares about me. I got touched by God because somebody let this person that's in them be revealed in them. This person that's in you. Are y'all with me on this? I hope y'all are. <laughs> so God wants to bring people to a new place. He wants to bring the church to a new place. He doesn't really want us to, oh, that always works. He's saying, well, yeah, it does, but, you know, i got something else I want to do, and that ain't, doesn't really fit with how I want to do it now. I want, you to, I want you to be different. I want you to change. I want you to adapt your gift to what I'm doing, not make me adapt to what you're doing the way you like it. And God is really calling us to that. He's really asking us to do that. And I'll tell you, you're going to have to deal with the offense of it, because I think there's a certain offense that comes with, with the Lord sometimes when He asks you something like that. And you're going to have to deal with the pain and difficulty of it. Of allowing the Lord to adjust something in you and change something in you so you can fit into what He's doing currently in the earth. So, um, what, what I wanted to do is uh, ask you to pray. Let me just pray for a second. For you. 
think there's a lot of people who go through these dark nights in their life. In fact, this is what happens. God starts frustrating you, and sometimes he brings the night. Not always, but sometimes he brings the night in your life. And he's doing it. Because I, I, recently I said to Becky, is this, is this what Christianity is? Everything you do, you fight and fight and fight, and you struggle and you feel like you fail. Is, that, that, is this what this deal is? Because it sure seems that way a lot of the time. But it's like the Lord saying, no, I'm just trying to frustrate you, Byron, because I want to redirect your life. I want to get your attention to something new. That's all I'm trying to do. So I'm going to bring some frustration to you. It's just not going to work anymore. Can you hear what I'm saying to you? And the Lord wants to do some stuff, man. He's not asking everybody to be Charles. And I'll never be a big black, sparkling teeth, and a nice suit, and look like Eddie Murphy, and prancing around. And But you know, Jesus can heal through somebody who looks like me. You know? Somebody looks like Aaron Wicker. Somebody looks like Jackie. Or whatever it is. Whatever you connect with. Whatever that Jesus who wants to be revealed inside of you. Whatever he wants to do through you. I mean, let's just open it up. But maybe it ain't just what I've always wanted to do and thought he wanted me to always do. I think it's almost like some of us spiritually, we need a, uh, you know how men get older and they get another career as they get older sometimes. Does that ever happen to anybody? I mean, not because you got five, but you're older now, you need a new career. Spiritually, some of you need a new career. Spiritually, some of you need a new career. I heard that guy I was talking about, I heard him ministering, he started ministering like he normally does, and he stopped and said, wait a minute, I'm not going to do this. I've always done this. I've got to quit doing this. He just stopped right in the middle of what he was doing. I'm just not going to go there. Oh man, bravery. Go for it, baby. <laughs> go for it. I'm not going to go with what I know to do. I'm going to go with something that the Lord wants to do. So I, I just want to, all right, first, is, is the Lord speaking to anybody in this room? Raise your hand. If He really is speaking and you feel like this is something that God really brought you here to, to say to you this morning, we want to pray for you, first of all. But I want to pray for all of us because here's what the religious spirit will kill you over this one, it will kill you. I've realized it has been wearing my heart out over this. So, Father, I just pray you deliver us all from our own personal opinions about things. I pray you just deliver us where we would not have an opinion apart from you. We would have your opinion about the way things are working and going. We would have it from your perspective. I pray you deliver, deliver me from that, Lord. We went to a conference a few months ago, Becky and I, and we just had this awful opinion about what was going on in that conference. <laughs> we really did. Our opinion was, we don't like this. We went in there, and the worship sounded like worship music from 1980, and we think, what? What is going on with these people? Where have they been the last 27 years? <laughs> and old Bob Jones was up there. I think he was feeling lots of opinion. He got up and said, there's several things that's going to hinder the Lord from moving. One of them is your opinion. <laughs> thought, Okay. I, I hear what you're saying, Lord. My opinion is keeping me from hearing what you want to say to me through this. I, I release my opinion. Lord, release us. We want to release the opinion that we have this morning and ask you to give us your opinion. When things offend our mind, Lord, help us to ask you, what do you think, Lord? And if you say, I love it, then Lord, help us to have the heart to say, well, I love it too. Lord, help us to be like Peter when that 
when you, he dropped that net in there and got all them fish, he fell on his knees and repented. And said, Lord, Lord, forgive me. I'm a sinful man. Lord, forgive me. I see you now. I see the truth, Lord. Lord, help us to be that. Have them humble hearts. And Father, I pray for each one of us this morning, especially for, for people who've been serving you for a long time and doing things and really can do some stuff, Lord, where you may be dealing with them this morning. Just pray you'd help them. Pray you'd help the younger people who are just beginning to have a flexible heart. Holy Spirit, just, I just pray right now, I just want to give you the moment to touch people and just let these words sink into their hearts. Lord, you, you said your, your gifts and calling were irrevocable. Lord, you never did say the way we use them is up to us and the way they work. So you never said that. You said you were the head of the church. And, and Lord, we want to submit our gifts and callings to you this morning. Thank you, Lord. So I want to pray for people who may be in that dark night uh, kind of thing. You're struggling, and the Lord's trying to speak to you. I think that's one thing we want to pray for. I think the other thing is, is for people to... Uh, I think God may be speaking to some people this morning about submitting submitting your gifts to the Lord. The, the submitting the use of your gifts to the Lord. You, you understand that? That He may want you to submit those gifts now. I want to submit. He's asking me, Byron, submit your teaching gift to me, would you? Would you please just do that so I can accomplish some things I want to in your life or just keep doing this and you're not going to be happy about it. So I just feel like that would be important for some of us this morning that we could submit those gifts and get rid of our opinion about them. So can we just have some ministry team people to come up here, even though you may be one of the ones that need to be ministered, let's pray for other people and then we'll make sure everybody gets prayed for. And by the way, I appreciate this. I appreciate those testimonies.